Hey guys, it's Ed. I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. It is early in the morning, so that means it is a champagne day, darlings. Champagne. And I'm trying this new thing. Um, I'm not sure what it's going to be called yet. Um, but it's lemonade, champagne with a little bit of parade strawberries. It's, it's not quite adult lemonade because I usually make that with vodka. Um, but this is still pretty damn good. It's like a limosa. Oh, that's what we'll call it. We'll call it limosa. Very fizzy. Um. So, let's talk some Demi Lovato. It's the big story this week. Um. And me and Manny were having a conversation, and she she made me feel a little bit better. The whole overdose thing really it, people are going to get really mad at me for saying this but it seemed very calculated um because emergency um personnel were called and then literally right after that TMZ was called TMZ is the ones who broke the story either a TMZ has someone on the police department on on their payroll which is not unlikely uh, or someone from Demi's team called. I don't know which. I really don't. But it, everything just seemed... Because the story broke before she even got to the hospital. With major details coming out fairly soon after being taken in. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that seems a little strange to me. Um... So, I'm just going to do the timeline really fast, and then we'll get into today's news about Demi. The police were called that someone overdosed on Demi's block at um, 11.39. TMZ broke the story at, like, 11.45-ish. That's six minutes. Like, I don't even think that the paramedics could have gotten there yet, and TMZ was breaking that story. Maybe maybe Team Z story came a little bit later, but I mean it was so fast that it, it made your head spin. She was rushed to the hospital. She was given Narcon, um, and then by Saturday evening she was up and alert and with um, surrounded by loved ones, which is all well finding good. I know people overdose all the time, and you know medical professionals are really good and are prepared for this sort of thing. So even though that seems a, a bit of a stretch to me. I'm I'm willing to just accept that for what it is. But here here's the new scoop. Demi and her friends had Narcon on them in case of an overdose. Let me repeat that. Demi Lovato and her new group of friends, and this is something that her team is really stressing that this is a new group of friends. Um, not anyone who's been in her life for a while. Had Narcon in their possession in case of an overdose. Nothing says friendship like, I will give you drugs if you overdose on drugs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, for me that's just a little much. 
um, uh, uh, last night and today's like the big story was she has to make a choice. She's about to be released from the hospital because she's okay. Um, what does she do? Does she go to rehab, which she desperately needs? Does she go to um, therapy and counseling, which again she do- she does probably need? Or does she just go on doing what she's doing? Now, for me, if I had just overdosed, whether it was on heroin, meth, or whatever, I would not be contemplating just doing nothing. Unless I didn't really overdose. And I needed to create a new um, saga for myself to play the victim. Um, and I'm not saying that's what she's doing. I, I absolutely believe she did overdose. But just everything else is making me really think, like... First of all, if you overdose, there should be no question you go to rehab. Why is there a question of whether she's going to or not? That doesn't make any kind of sense. And it doesn't make any sense that I need another drink. So I will be right back. And I'm back. So, one of my favorite Netflix shows is Grace and Frankie. Uh, mostly because I absolutely adore Lily Tomlin. Um, I will watch Lily Tomlin in almost anything. Like, she is just so terrific. And, you know, and Jane Fonda's in there too. I've, I've always sort of loved Jane, but never really, like, embraced her the way I did Lily Tomlin. Now, some people will say, well, that's because you're both gay and whatever. Maybe that's true. Maybe I do embrace Lily more because she's part of the LGBT community. Um, She also graduated from Wayne State University in Detroit. Um, And my best friend went there. Um, My ex-boyfriend went there. So I have very, well, I don't want to say deep roots to Wayne State. But there are some there are some roots there, um, and but Grace and Frankie's changed that. Like I I do love Jane Fonda. I think she's very funny. Um, I love her activism, and I know like conservatives don't really like her because of um, some stuff she did in Vietnam, and that's okay. Like you're allowed not to like her. I said it. I'm sure that people are clutching their pearls or um, picking their jaws up off the floor. But it's really okay not to like somebody. Um, But just as long as you realize, like, you could not like her and still admit she's talented. I don't like Beyonce, but I still think she has some talent. I don't like her because she makes everything into a ballad. You could be dancing to this really cool disco-y dance song by her, and then suddenly it's, oh, oh, sorry, Savvy. Mandy's cat will sometimes talk to me while Mandy listens to drunk gossip, and she hates singing, so Savvy is probably going to be tortured by that. Um, my bad. So, anyway, so, um, Jane Fonda has a new documentary coming out called Jane Fonda in Five Acts, 
and she talks a little bit about the Vietnam stuff, and um, she admits to being a bit naive about the war, about the Vietnam War, I should specify, um, and just kind of drifting along and being there, and she was in Paris, and she talked to two, two gentlemen, and they kind of opened up her eyes. Um, when they they told her about things they saw, things that happened, yada yada yada, and she says, you know, I'm I'm very embarrassed by X Y and Z, you know, and then she she even goes as far as to say she didn't even know where Vietnam was. Um. So then she went over there and sat on a anti, um, I think it was an anti-aircraft or something, and she earned the nickname Hanoi Jane, and she says that that's one of her deepest regrets, like, she wishes she could go back and do things differently, because, because of the messages sent to the military, um, you know, she says it was never her intention to... Um, be disrespectful to them. Um, but she really didn't agree with the war. Which is, you know, we get it. I, I can't think of anyone um, in my life that actually did agree with that war. Um, but then she lightened up and started talking about um, the 9 to 5 reboot. And she says that was one of those things that really kind of affected her down to her very core um she specifically said in the reboot they want to dive into issues like um hiring being farmed out um employers being able to spy on you via social media and while her Lily Tomlin and Dolly Parton all intend to star in this um reboot if for some reason, it doesn't dive into the issues and explore them in a in a fun, unique way. She won't do it. I'm gonna go, and I will be right back. So, remember yesterday how I was um, doing a whole episode, and it seemed like it was gonna be all women, and then suddenly there was a man. Well, today it seemed like I was going to talk about all women, and suddenly there's a man. Um, let's talk Kelsey Grammer. No, not the cross-dressing rumors or any of those other things. There's no stories to go along with that. I mean, there are, but they're all old hat by this point. And really, who wants to imagine Fraser in granny panties? Because I certainly don't. Um, word came out yesterday that um, Kelsey Grammer's production company, um, Gramercy, along with CBS um, Television Studios, are exploring a potential reboot of the classic sitcom Frasier. Um, now, this is a little bit different than the Murphy Brown or... Um, Will and Grace, um, or even 
the Roseanne reboots because um, none of the original creative team is expected to be coming back. Um, they want a fresh take. And they want to see, you know, what could happen. I, um, they're, they're meeting with different writers and everything. My idea is, and I, um, people yelled at me for this, but I'd like to see him come back to the East Coast. Um, I specifically said New York City, um, where he was offered a, um, either another radio show here with, um, a streaming network, or a podcast, And, you know, he could potentially bring, um, Roz, his producer, um, his brother Niles and Niles' wife, um, Daphne could make the trip. And all of this could be in response to the mourning, um, his father, uh, John Malone passed away, I believe it was last year, so... They're definitely going to have to write him out. And they're going to have to write out his beloved dog, Eddie. Um, I, I, I've i never seen Full Confession. I've never seen Frasier all the way through. Um, it was just never one of those sitcoms that I watched every week. It was New and Grace. It was New Friends. Um, you know, I liked it when I watched it. But it just wasn't my favorite. So I'm not exactly jumping up and down for this, but I cannot, I, this one is one of those I can understand because the character journey isn't necessarily through. And this is what I always tell people, especially when you have a sitcom that follows one character, that doesn't always mean that the, just because the series comes to an end doesn't mean that the was through. It just means um, the audience wasn't there, the actors were tired. You know, I believe Frasier ran for 11 seasons. So, and Kelsey Grammer had played the character for 20 years. So it, it's kind of understandable if he wanted to sit there and take a break and say, no, I, I'm done. I need time. I want to explore and he has. He's um, mostly stayed on the drama side. Um, he's done a couple sitcoms that have each lasted, like, one episode. Um, he did one with Patricia Heaton, and that lasted maybe two episodes. Um, uh, partly because outside of Frasier, he's not funny. Like, if you watch um, the movie Down Periscope, he, he doesn't have the comedic chops to pull it off. He can pull off Fraser because he's a straight man to a bunch of wacky characters. But when he has to be the funny one, it doesn't really work out so well for him. And I know people are going to, you know, say, well, he has a boatload of Emmys. Winning an Emmy doesn't mean you're funny. It means that you rose above the material or the material helped you look good. Um... I mean, and I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm just saying, you know, even on Cheers, he was surrounded by the wackiness, and he was kind of like the, the 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 same one. 
So let me know what you guys think. Uh, you can leave voice messages on Anchor. Um, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on um, a Frasier reboot. I'll be right back. And I'm back. And, you know, The View is, um, The View is one of those shows where you either love it or you hate it. And you either love the co-host or you don't like them at all. Um, and I think I told you guys, if I haven't, I'm going to do it really fast. If I have, just bear with me. It's not a long story. Um, I've actually um, ran into Megan McCain. She's a very sweet, lovely woman. I accidentally bumped into her. I apologized, and she was, you know, basically said no problem, and you know, was very kind and gracious about it. And not at all like the diva I expected. So that really endeared her to me. I don't necessarily agree with her views, but that's okay. I don't have to agree with her. Like, I understand where she's coming from. Sometimes I do feel like she's just spouting the Fox News line. Um, Maybe these are really her opinions, or maybe her boss has asked her to um, stick to those talking points. I don't know. Um, You know... I can't tell that off a 30-second encounter where I was deeply embarrassed to have run into a celebrity. But one woman who thinks that she does know best is Sherry Shepard. And I feel all of you rolling your eyes, and trust me, I am too. Um, Sherry Shepard went on and watched What Happens Live with Andy Cohen and told him... That she thinks that Megan needs to let you know. Now, I get the whole gist of watch what happens live. I watched when Susan Lucci was on. I watched when Lance Bass was on. Like, I know, like, people are drinking, which is kind of up my alley. <laughs> um, and, and, but he seems to get these people to say controversial or, like, headline-making things. And then just sits back and watch... Watches as um, the ratings spike for him. And, and none of these celebrities seem to give a damn. Anyways, um, so Megan went on Watch What Happens Live. See what I mean about the ratings there? And, and admitted that it really bummed her out that Sherry said that. And she also made a really good point. And, you know, I'm really glad she said it because. Um, I really feel like her audience needs to hear this. The View is a news show now. It is no longer an entertainment show. While there, while there's still that aspect of um, entertainment and you know celebrity guests and whatnot, it is definitely a news show, and that means that. Um, that means that things aren't always light and fluffy like they used to be. It's a very politically heavy show now. Which also explains why they want another conservative to um, replace Sarah Haynes. 
So, here's what I really want for people to take away from what Megan McCain said. And, and I'm going to stress this, and I know I've said it before. I've said it in essays, I've said it in Facebook um, comments and statuses. Status I? I don't know. What, what, what do you call multiple statuses? Um, and, and I'm sure I've done segments on drunk gossip about it as well. The reason why Roseanne was canceled, the reason why James Gunn was fired, which James Gunn being fired actually made conservatives happy, but the reason why Roseanne was fired is because she is an entertainment. If she was making people laugh, if she was being silly, she would still have her show. When you cross over into the political arena and use, even if you didn't mean it as a racist, and I'm not going to get into that debate with people right now, but even if you didn't mean to, um, even if you didn't mean it as a racist, you used a racist statement, you used a slur that is closely associated with racism, you're going to get fired. The reason why Joey Behar didn't get fired for saying that Mike Pence is crazy is because that's her opinion. The View is a new show. Basically, Whoopi Goldberg, Sarah Haynes, Sonny Hostin, Megan McCain, and Joy Behar are talking heads. They're sharing their opinions. That's why it's called The View. It's, that's why it's under the ABC News division now and not... Um, not ABC Daytime. And that is what needs to be really driven home. So, way to go, Bangin' McCain. I'm gonna go, and I'll be right back. And I'm back, and... Since you all really seem to like drunk politics, we're gonna stick with that for now. Um, well, at least for today. Um, but I always get really good feedback when, when I do drunk politics, even if you disagree with me, everyone so far who's emailed me, um, has been very, very, um, polite, um, and and told me that they disagree with me, and they list reasons why, even if I'm sick of reading, but Obama, but Hillary's emails, but Democrats, at least you're being very polite and not screeching at me, insulting me, or whatever. So I appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for that. Let's talk some Sean Spicer. Sean is trying to stage a big comeback. Um, the, a little bit about him, and I don't know if you guys knew this. I certainly didn't. Um, well, I mean, I kind of did. But... That's the extent that I do now. Sean had been in and around Washington, D.C. for most of his career. Um, And he... He really, when he took the job with Trump, that was kind of stepping in it. 
um, he kind of hurt himself. And it seems like once you work for Trump, you're blacklisted. Like, you cannot... Like, Scaramucci worked for him for 10 days. And he's trying everything in his power to make a comeback. Um, you know, some will get, like, a, a contributor contract with Fox News. But that's only... That's very, very far and few between. Um, Steve Bannon is in Siberia. Like, you never hear about him anymore. And let me just say, that's not a bad thing. I'm just pointing out facts here. So... Spicy is... Um, Spicy wrote a book. And Trump himself has said that it, um, Sean Spicy is a really good guy... It's a really good book. Go buy it. Which apparently tells you that he didn't actually read the book. Because one of the things that have come out... And just for the record, Trump has not denied this. Um, but one of, one of the things that came out was... Trump, um, Trump's former campaign chairman... Paul Manafort basically was trying to stop the Never Trumpers from bringing their petition to um, the Republican National Convention. And and they had enough signatures, it was going to go forward, so they had to do something. And according to Sean, they blocked off um, the convention center, they did everything in their power to make sure that these delegates could not present this petition to the convention. And then they started going around strong-arming people, threatening them, telling them that they would be in, um, Siberia politically, um, if they were on that list. And so people started, you know, dropping off and whatever. And the last one standing was a man by the name of Richard Sinner. And nothing was working with Richard. So they finally said, what do you want? What is it that we can do for you to get you to take your name off this list? And Richard Sinner said, I want Donald Trump to be an advocate for LGBT rights. Paul Manafort said, done. And we got a lovely little speech from Trump saying how he was going to protect us. And how he was going to be very inclusive. But. Like Trump Casino. Trump Vodka. Trump Steak. Trump really anything. Trump Morals. He went bankrupt. He never had any intention of being an ally of the LGBT community. He said what he needed to say to get what he wanted. Like any typical man. The difference here is he never was going to support the LGBT community because the LGBT community never supported him. It's a tit for tat. The white supremacists, the racists, the Nazis support him, so he supports them. That's why we get things like, well, there's very fine people on both sides. No, there are no fine Nazis, period. 
I'm going to say this again for those in the back. There are no fine Nazis, period. Ever. I don't care if you call yourself a Nazi, a neo-Nazi, or Hitler's follower. You're a bad person to the core. You follow orders, you're racist, you're hate-filled. And that's not okay. And I don't really expect that anyone listening to my podcast is a Nazi, given that I've made no apologies for being gay. I've made no apologies for being a liberal. I do expect that I will get some um, more emails informing me of why I'm wrong, but I'm not. Um, so, um, just before I wrap up, the the whole tweet about Sean Spicer being a really good guy and it's a really good book reminded me of um, Michael Wolf's book, Fire and Fury. And there's a little image, um, there's a little story in there about how um, one of Trump's advisors was trying to read him the Constitution. And he, the advisor just got through the preamble and Trump was like, are you done yet? And couldn't even be bothered to be read to the very document that he had just, he had sworn to uphold. How sad is that? I'm gonna raise my limosa up to you guys. Say have a great day and I will see you tomorrow. Cheers.